Hey, teachers, before we get started, we have a quick announcement. We're really excited because registration is open for our new summer workshop, Limitless Potential, an Enneagram Roadmap for Educators. One of our highest callings as an educator is to discover and develop potential. We love recognizing an undeveloped strength in ourselves or in our students. We all love witnessing those light bulb moments when we can literally see potential come to life. In this workshop, you will learn about the tool of the Enneagram. You're not just going to learn your type. You're also going to learn the key to understanding yourself and others in ways that will help improve your relationships, communication, classroom motivation and management, and ways to help reduce the effects of trauma. The more we understand people, the more we can change lives for the better. We'd love to see you June 6, 2024 in Dubuque, Iowa. For more details, head to our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com. Do you struggle with change? If so, you're not alone. Change is inevitable. Change can be good or bad, but even good change can cause us stress. How we react to change impacts our overall life and happiness. There are simple and specific solutions to this struggle. In this special four-part series, we explore ways we can prepare ourselves for change, create habits and mindsets to overcome change, decide which changes are worth fighting for, and finally, we will explore how to embrace change. Change is coming, as much as we may want to ignore or avoid it. So we are kicking off this important series today by exploring how we can best prepare ourselves for life and work changes that are surely coming our way. Welcome to the Inspired Together Teachers podcast. We're Paula and Michelle, award-winning educators who've worked with thousands of teachers, and we know the struggles that you face on a daily basis. Do you want to make a difference and still enjoy your life outside of school? Together, we can tackle the overwhelm, gain clarity, and build confidence to live the life you deserve. Are you ready to be inspired? We can't wait to explore ways to improve your work life and home life so that you can live your best life. Imagine you are outside on a beautiful day. For me, I imagine that I am sitting outside somewhere near water, reading a book with family or friends surrounding me. Michelle, how does your beautiful outside day look? Oh, it's 70 degrees and sunny. I am probably sitting by a lake. I have a book and I'm all settled in to just be relaxing. Now that we've painted this beautiful picture, let's imagine that all of a sudden you can feel a storm coming in. We all know that feeling. The warning signs are there. Sky starts turning dark. Your phone maybe lets off a little beep to tell you that severe weather is coming. What do you do? Do you completely ignore the storm, pretending it's not coming? Do you avoid it and pull the curtain shut, hoping you can wait to face it another day? Of course not. You prepare. You think about what is best for you and your loved ones, and you take some action. Change is very similar to that storm we were just talking about. Change is coming. Typically, though not always, there are signs to tell you that that change is coming. Like the storm, no matter what your response is, the change is likely still going to happen. In order to protect your physical and mental health when you see change coming, it's important to have everything in place for that change, just like you do for a storm. It's important to stop here and note that in the storm example, change isn't really a welcoming thing. Sometimes change can come in the form of a good thing, like a new baby or a new house. 
house. But even that change can be stressful and overwhelming. It is important to remember that even positive change can throw us off course. Sometimes we have expectations for how something's going to go. And then when it doesn't work out the way you wanted it to, there's disappointment. It throws us off. It's an unsettling feeling. Let's go back to that storm example for a second. What do you do when that sky is black, the sirens are going off, the storm is coming closer by the second? Well, there's a few things that probably all of us do. First of all, we make sure that our basic needs are met. If I go to the shelter, I will take water, a blanket, anything that I need for my basic needs. And I also make sure my loved ones are okay, that they're coming with me if we're all outside together. You are going to go to that safe place and you're going to wait for whatever's coming. You have to mentally prepare yourself for what you might find when you come out of your safe place. You might also have a habit that you use when you see that storm coming. Maybe you have those things that you automatically grab. I remember as a kid, my mom would grab the candles and the matches in case the power went out. Now I wouldn't go to my safe storm shelter without my phone charger, a flashlight, and of course, pets. We do the same thing and the flashlight is even hanging right by the basement door so we can grab it on our way down while we're wrangling the cats. Those habits are important Then we aren't running around trying to think, what should I take? What we're betting that you don't do is to go out and yell at the storm to stop or put your foot down and refuse to comply or close your eyes and keep them closed while you pretend it all isn't happening. And then think about what happens after those storms. You probably walk outside and you assess if there's any damage. Maybe there's roof damage or damage to your property. What do you do? Do you again just close the curtains and say, I'm going to imagine forever this didn't happen? Or do you stand outside and yell at the storm to avoid ever going into your house again? Of course, you don't do that. Instead, you accept whatever that storm brought, whatever that change brought in this example. You call the insurance company, you call your roofers, and hopefully you can even embrace all of it. Maybe you'll get a new roof out of it. The last time I had hail damage, I got brand new skylights. They're beautiful, and I would have never gotten them had my old ones not been wrecked in the hailstorm. We had the exact same experience. We had golf ball size hail. We're getting a new roof out of it. That's not a bad thing. It's a bad thing to have to do it. But it's one of those things where you're just, you're calm, it's done. And we just go with it because that's what you can do. We're telling this storm story and we're sort of relating it to change, but we haven't been super explicit about how it relates to change. Let's think about it. We all struggle with that change. It's human nature. And some people struggle with change more than others. When we're talking about the storm, we're talking about change. In this series, we will challenge you to identify and work through steps similar to those you would take before, during, and after a storm, and use those same steps as guidelines to overcome any kind of change. Which leads us to this four-part series. In today's episode, we're going to start at the very beginning, the before the storm, when you can see it coming stage, the preparation stage. We'll tackle what you can do when you anticipate changes coming and some steps that you can take to prepare for it. Just like you might grab all of your supplies as you head down to the shelter, you can prepare for change in a way that will lessen or potentially even help you alleviate any potential negative impacts when the change actually comes. The first thing you should do when you see a change coming is identify, is this an A-level change or a B-level change? And you may be wondering what we're talking about, so let us explain. There are really two different types of change. There's A-level change and there's B-level change. 
I learned about this when I was in college from a professor. He talked about change and problems as being A level or B level. He said, in the absence of A, B will take on the strength of A sometimes. And how he explained it is this. You have your A-level changes. These are the big changes. This is when you get divorced, when you get married, when there's a birth, when there's a death, a new job, a new house, and a new town. All of those are A-level, life-changing changes. But then there's also the B-level changes, like I have a new coworker or there's a new friend in my circle. Maybe I have a new neighbor that I have to learn to get along with, or I'm being moved to a different grade level to a new team or given that new student in the middle of the year. Those are all B-level changes. Sometimes when we don't have A-level changes, when we don't have those major life changes going on, those B-level changes can take on the strength of A. As my professor said, in the absence of A, sometimes B takes on the strength of A. Has that ever happened to you? You didn't have an A-level change. Those B-level changes can take on the strength of an A-level change. When I was teaching in a school, we were moving to a new school location. The building we were moving from was old. We were going to a much better location. At the time, I didn't have any A-level changes in my life. In my mind, I kept building up this change to be, oh my gosh, this is going to be a major, major change. Quite honestly, it wasn't an A-level change, but I gave it the time and energy like it was an A-level. I really wish I had thought of this ahead of time. How much time and energy should I give this? Because it was totally a B-level change. It's all about perspective. This idea of A and B-level change reminds me of an idea I read about years ago and was really helpful for me. It was intended as a cure for perfectionism. Some people think that everything is an A-level and requires A-level effort. So you have to be perfect at every single thing. Some things are B-level and deserve B-level of attention. And there are even some things maybe that are C-level and deserve just average attention. The example that they gave is that someone bought an old house and it needed lots of work. There was an upstairs window, paint in the trim around the window was really old and cracked. And she was very much afraid that over the winter, it was going to be completely ruined. It needed to be redone. The A-level of her perfectionism said, I'm going to have to scrape it down to the wood, completely get every bit of paint off, prime it, and then I'm going to need at least two coats of high quality paint and make sure that I let it rest in between so that each coat is hardened. She's like, I am never going to get this done. Finally, she just decided one day to go up on the ladder with a can of paint and repaint the trim. It looked fine. It would save the trim for that particular year. At the end of the day, it was a C-level problem and deserved a C-level worry, not A-level worry, which she had been giving it. We can have a lot of anxiety over the wrong things, like an argument with another teacher. It's a B-level situation. It deserves B-level attention. I really like that idea of preparing yourself for that before the change occurs, deciding how much time and effort am I going to give this. A colleague of mine just taught me a meditation the other day that she does, and she learned this from her therapist, and I just thought it was brilliant. She said, when you feel like something is an A-level problem, stand tall, take a deep breath, and look Look over your right shoulder. Is there a life-threatening animal or event right behind you? Is there a lion, dinosaur, whatever would be life-threatening to you? No, there's nothing. So take a deep breath. 
Look forward again. Take a deep breath and look over your left shoulder. Anything life-threatening back there? Not at all. Take a deep breath. Repeat as you look up. Repeat as you look down. As you do that, you're like, no, this is not a change or a problem that needs to get my heart rate up so much. I have a trick for that too that a therapist taught me a few years ago. My trick is to ask yourself, how much will this matter in one year or five years or 10 years? If you look at it through that lens, you say, in 10 years, this is going to be nothing. Then you realize this is not an A-level situation. You don't need to plan for it like it's an A-level situation. So you're probably overreacting and that causes you a lot of stress. When we bring it back to that storm analogy, you don't need to spend all the time and energy preparing for the tornado when you might need to prepare just for a mild thunderstorm. The next time when you see a change coming, decide if you should prepare yourself for an A-level change or if you're okay preparing for that B-level change, saving yourself the time, energy, and stress. We don't need any more stress. Our next point is to identify the change for what it is, real and coming, then plan accordingly. How do you typically react when you see or feel that there's a change on the horizon? Do you tell yourself, oh, I'll just deal with it until it blows over? All too often, we see change as temporary, so we might just decide to temporarily deal with it. But most of the time, change is not temporary. Change usually sticks around for a while, at least until another change arrives. I think of the example of getting a new principal. You know schools where they have a lot of turnover in administration. When they get a new principal, they say, you know what, I'm just going to deal with it until it blows over. This person will be out of here soon enough. And don't follow the changes that the new administrator is implementing because they'll be gone soon enough. But sometimes those administrators stay for a long time, and then you're in a little bit of trouble for doing that. Another reaction that sometimes people have is they're just in denial. They just pretend like it's not happening. Sort of like little kids when they play peekaboo and they think if they cover their eyes, then no one can see them. It's easy to do the same thing with change. If we think, well, if I don't talk about it, if I don't look at it closely enough, maybe it will just go away like a mandated curriculum. And you say, I'm just going to close my door and teach like I've always taught it and pretend like the district didn't just put down a mandate about this new curriculum. Sometimes that does work in the short term, but pretending that change is temporary or being in denial of it, we're often only putting off the inevitability of the change and causing ourselves more unneeded stress in the process. At some point, you're probably going to have to deal with the change. So we do ourselves and everyone around us a favor when we acknowledge that the change is coming, we accept it as real, and then we make some plans. We prepare to deal with it because the longer you wait, the harder it can be to prepare for that upcoming change. That leads us to another way of preparing for change, which is to accept that it is coming and then act and adjust accordingly. An article from Psychology Today that we're going to link to in the show notes suggests that you step outside of the situation and say to yourself, things are changing and it's okay. If you say it out loud to help make it more real and to help put those preemptive thoughts and actions in order, things are changing and it's okay. Another idea I have applies when things might be changing in a way that seems at first to be really difficult or negative. My friend and mentor, Dan Miller, taught me to ask, what does this change make possible? It's like the old saying, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. There's a change coming. I don't think I like it. It's causing me stress. What does this make possible? Is there something good that could come from it? 
Acknowledging that that change is happening can be so much less stressful than putting off things, pretending they aren't happening, or thinking you can temporarily deal with it. Just acknowledge it. Change is real and it is happening. You can also prepare for change by becoming the initiator of change. Some people like change and they see it as generally positive. I will, example, (laughs) rearrange my furniture if I'm bored and I often initiate change. I'm usually one of the first ones to start a new program or try a new teaching technique. I like things that are new, fresh, and that keep me on my toes. There's a little secret to being an initiator of change by being the one to initiate change you keep the power. Even if you're the one who wants that change and you're leading the charge, there are still struggles that come with that type of change. You need to recognize that other people are going to have fears, reassure them, and give them the tools to really be able to navigate that change. Many times when there's a change, people are fearful because they don't know how to address the things that are changing. They need support. They need education. But you as the initiator of change can help prepare them for these things ahead of time. Just like you're preparing yourself, you can prepare them. If you're leading that change, you need to be prepared to support people that are involved. For example, let's say that there's a new curriculum and the district expects it to be implemented fully immediately. Teachers often struggle because they need time to learn the new curriculum. They need to write new lesson plans and they have all kinds of new materials that they need to access. Those are real needs that come along with change and you can anticipate those needs. I know of a school that took away all of the old reading materials, got a new curriculum, but they didn't order all the new materials that were needed right away. Teachers had no time to learn it. It was just, here's the new curriculum, use it. There were a lot of disgruntled teachers. It doesn't have to be that way. If you can anticipate the needs, you can prepare for them. I think of an example of a junior high school that I worked in where they were changing from a junior high model to a middle school philosophy. There was a whole year long teaching teachers about the difference in the new philosophy. There were grants that were written and then given to teachers and they sent teams of teachers to plan together as a team, as a unit. These were teachers that were used to being very departmentally disciplined. And now they were going to be a team, a math teacher, a science teacher, a social studies teacher, an English teacher, and they were going to share students. In order to prepare for that, they sent those teams off for a week together to plan, write curriculum, coordinate, and organized, it was so much more helpful to prepare ahead for that change than to just say, you're going to do it. A final suggestion for preparing yourself for change is to examine the ways that you deal with discomfort in your life in general. Which of those skills and strategies can you apply to your upcoming change? What works for you and what doesn't work? Think about what you do when a friend lets you down. What strategies and skills do you use when your feelings are hurt or when you didn't get that job you wanted? Even think about what you do when you have physical discomfort. Maybe you walk it off or you get a massage. Write down the ways that you best deal with discomfort and then pull that list out the next time you're feeling unsettled by change. You'll be surprised by how the ways that you already deal with discomfort in your life will work for you when you are preparing for the upcoming change. Just use the skills you already know that you have and the skills that have already worked for you in other settings. For example, I deal with difficult circumstances by just writing about it. It's my way of accessing my inner wisdom. It also slows me down and stops me from getting in that instant overreaction. One of the ways that I like to deal with discomfort in my life is to really sit down and talk through my thoughts, usually over a cup of coffee with friends or family 
family, and it definitely is a good way to prepare for change. When we see change coming, it can be tempting to just resist or do our best to ignore the change. You might also choose to accept the change or even lead that change. Change is happening. So preparing ourselves for when it happens is an important first step for our own physical and mental health. Make sure that you tune into our next three episodes because we're going to talk about the other three stages in overcoming the struggles with change. Let's recap today's episode. It's not a question about whether or not change is coming. It is. The question is, how will you prepare yourself? In this episode, we've explored ways you can identify whether or not the change is A or B level change and act accordingly. Acknowledge that the change is coming, then take strategies you already have for dealing with discomfort and applying them to change. You might also initiate change, and if so, you need to be prepared to support others through the change. Just like preparing for an impending storm helps you when it hits, preparing for change sets you on the right track to lessening or avoiding the struggle of change when that inevitable change occurs. In true teacher fashion, we end our podcast with homework. Our homework for you today is to consider any impending changes that you have coming up in your work life or your home life. Pick one of the strategies suggested today to help you prepare for that upcoming change. We'd love to hear how it works, so please reach out to us through any of our social media channels via email or through our website. And then also, the rest of your homework is to make sure to listen to the next three episodes in this series so struggles with change will not be an issue. We always talk about living an intentional life, understanding change is part of that. If you want to live an intentional life, including with change, get our free resource, The Inspired Teacher's Guide to Taking Back Your Life. You'll find it on our website at inspiredtogetherteachers.com in the right-hand column. That's all for today. Class dismissed. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to continue the conversation, join us on Instagram and Facebook at Inspired Together Teachers or head over to our website, inspiredtogetherteachers.com for more podcast episodes, our award-winning blog, and free guides to help you be your best. Until next time, may you be inspired in your work life and home life to live your best life.